Hey, this is Carla. And this is Jasmine. And you're listening to Cracking, Cracking the, the Coconut, Coconut, where we tackle taboo conversations in the Filipino community by cracking one coconut at a time. Welcome to Cracking the Coconut, where we tackle taboo topics through unfiltered safe space conversations. I am your host, Carla J. Yes, and I'm also your host, Jasmine. This is episode five. Hey everyone, Carla J here. I'm sliding in real quick to tell you that this episode was originally slated as episode 5. Due to some unforeseen conflicts, we're switching up the schedule. It's our first podcast and we're still learning. Thanks again for all the support. Now back to the cracking. Yay! (laughs) We're halfway through (laughs) season 1. You know, how do you feel about all this, Carla? It feels so grand, spanking awesome <laughs> that we're actually doing this. Yeah, man. And, you know, it's actually a two women show here at Cracking the Coconut. Everything we do is in house from mm-hmm. recording to editing to social media posts to all that good stuff. It is done by these two individuals right here. Yeah, that, <laughs> I think that makes me the most proud whether season one gets two listeners, 20 or 200 or 200,000, who knows? <laughs> um, I think what I feel the most proud about is the fact that everything has been done by the two of us. Yeah. Uh, besides our jingle, our logo and our promotional photos, everything else, like you said, um, from website building, social media managing, recording, audio, everything. It's all us too. So I think that's what makes me the most proud. We got a passion. We had an idea and we just dove right in head first. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Today's episode, we are cracking family expectations. Woohoo. 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 So Carla, what's uh, an expectation that your family, you know, expected you to have, you know, growing up? Um, to be obedient, to okay. not talk back is a big one I got growing up. Um, but also talking back can literally, in my family at the very least, in my Filipino family, talking back equates to even defending yourself. Mm-hmm. So if... What's my, an example? Um, oof. Just simply asking why mm-hmm. it has to be done in a very nice, respectful way. For example, Carla, go pull out the weeds outside. I could simply ask, but dad, why? And that would be considered talking back. Yeah, I could definitely see how that's, you know, a miscommunication there and how mm-hmm. as a kid, you're just asking a um, a, a question that's a what's the word um innocent innocent, innocent okay. an innocent question um and as the adult you know in a lot of filipino families they are very much like hey, hey, hey why are you talking back immediately defensive for what yeah. reason yeah. i think that's the one of the issues with filipino parents or at least filipino american parents is that control mm-hmm. they just constantly want to control your life like for example forcing kids to wake up early in the morning so growing up, I didn't have a do- lock on my door. Not mm-hmm. because I wasn't allowed to, but just my bedroom door didn't have a lock okay. on it. So in the morning, Saturday mornings, after a long week at school, the door burst open. My dad's like, wake up. Why are you still sleeping? Mm. You're being lazy. Come outside and pull the weeds. Yeah. <laughs> no. What time was this? Probably like 9 a.m. Okay. Nothing. It wasn't. I was sleeping until like 1 p.m. or anything Mm -hmm. it was legit still morning time and 
I just find that so disrespectful. And it wasn't like I could say, dad, please don't. Can you knock the door? Like, don't. <laughs> pull the sheets off of me it's really disruptive it's kind of yeah. scary and traumatic yeah you know i feel you like i remember growing, growing up as well and that happened to me mm-hmm. you know it'd be like saturday morning and you know fresh from school probably fresh from a basketball game mm-hmm. and and the door opens up like hey get up or time to get up and it's like hold on hold up you just shocked me waking up like my heart's racing and 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 i'm I'm not relaxed. I'm not calm. Like I'm I'm having like an anxiety attack because Mm -hmm. you're rudely awakening me. And my mom though, like she, she was one who, what, who didn't wake me up rudely. That's nice. You know, she'd, uh, she'd open the door, come up to you and kind of like, like rub your leg or your cheek or Mm -hmm. something like, Hey babe, wake up, you know, and that's the way to wake somebody up. Yeah. You know, not like, Hey, get up. Like what the fuck? I know. And that reminds me. So when my dad used to burst my door open and, you know, I tell him, I'm so, I'm tired. Please just let me sleep in. And he would respond with, why are you so tired? All you did was go to school. Wow. And the thing is, is as a teen, the hardest thing is going to school. Maybe a few extracurricular activities. But as an adult, you and I who have seen the real world, who've experienced the real yeah. world, who have careers. Yes, going to school is easy but that's because we've experienced the real world as a teen who has never experienced the real world, who has yeah. never experienced anything outside of their schedule in school or maybe sports or clubs. Mm-hmm. High school is the hardest thing. And I think looking back on it, it was so unfair that to just be rudely waken up and be called lazy because I wanted to sleep in till 9 or 10 a.m. Yeah, yeah. And also as a teenager, your your school, you know, your extracurricular activities, everything everything you do in, mm-hmm. in that week is essentially your whole world. Yes. So, you know, you're putting a lot of effort into this week and, it, you know, it is unfair for a parent to, to disregard that about you. Mm-hmm. Another expectation I remember growing up as a kid and I don't I don't have any brothers, so I don't mm. know if this is also for males. But for me, another expectation is to be demure, to be a wallflower, to kind of blend in and not be loud. Don't be a just be a lady mm-hmm. and not just terms of don't go running around screaming your head off, but in many like things, it kind of goes hand in hand with the being obedient and not standing up for yourself not defending yourself because that's too loud you're being Mm -hmm. too loud and i always felt like i had to hold myself back in terms of expression because i am a very if you ever meet me i'm a very loud you will hear me before you (laughs) see me that is the ongoing joke yes that i'm just very loud and vibrant and just overall a pretty happy and pleased person yeah, which is one of like one of the best qualities about you and your personality is mm-hmm. is your you know your vibrancy and your spirit is very outgoing Thanks. Uh, you know so and i feel like that's crazy how you know growing up you were you were told that to be a you know to dumb yourself down or quiet yourself mm-hmm. but that's totally not you as an adult girl i had to break through the shackles 
<laughs> that is the Filipino American parents. But I remember one instance. So my dad and I went to the grocery store and we were in uh, the commissary, which is a grocery store on the Air Force base. Mm-hmm. And he let me pick out my own cereal. He was like, go and pick out your cereal for breakfast. And let me tell you, growing up, I loved cereal. When my dad took me to the commissary and let me pick out cereal, I was so excited. I had to release this excitement. So I remember twirling in the cereal aisle, yelling, not yelling, but just more expressing happily i love cereal and just twirling around (laughs) and i remember my dad kind of just being like hi like you're too loud like be quiet you don't have to tell everyone you like cereal (laughs) bitch you loud as fuck no one needs to know how much you love lucky charms so it's interesting that you shared about how when you're a little kid you know your dad told you to kind of calm down a bit mm-hmm. um and, and lower down your volume or or your excitement you know and i honestly think that you know growing up because i got the same thing you know um, use your indoor voice um don't be so loud mm-hmm. um, and i think that actually has affected um me like my personality sometimes i was afraid to be really really loud and i'm not a loud person i, I don't speak loud <laughs> you know no. I'm, I'm very chill but i feel like you know it has affected my personality as an adult in some sense mm-hmm. because I always felt like I, 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 I did limit myself. You know, I was, I was I tended to be a little more shy mm-hmm. as a kid because I felt like I couldn't express myself, you know, yeah. or I had to limit myself or keep me like closed, kind of kind of closed, closed in because um, I was afraid someone was going to say, hey, like, calm down or you're too loud or you're not acting the right way. Mm-hmm. Um or, you know, little girls aren't supposed to be loud and, and and in your face. I mean, of course, there's always a time for indoor, outdoor voices and being respectful. But I think it's also the all-encompassing idea of just being a loud person, not in terms of volume, but in the way you express yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there is a lot of detrimental side effects to that, I believe. You teach a little girl to always be reserved on top of the idea of not allowing them to defend themselves because it's talking back. Mm -hmm. And so what happens if that little girl grows up and what if they unfortunately get sexually harassed? And in the back of her head, she's like, you know what? It was my fault because I was too loud. Or it could even be something as simple as this little girl growing up to be a top employee maybe she's in a room with her boss and her co-workers and she has this really great idea mm-hmm. and all of a sudden one of her co-workers interrupts her and then starts speaking on top of her and instead of being hey you know i wasn't done speaking i wasn't done with my idea let me finish real quick and then you could go ahead and chime in instead of doing that and defending herself she could possibly just let it happen and be like, you know, this is my cue to shut the fuck up because someone else is talking now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, also in that situation, I'm sure, like, somebody could go back and think, like, a memory Mm pop-up. So maybe it could be a memory they haven't thought about in years, but Mm -hmm. they'll think, like, oh, man, like, I remember when I was trying to voice my opinion in this situation as a kid, you know, they stopped me, and this is the same situation. Like, it's my cue to shut up. Mm-hmm. you know and that's that's something that goes deeper into the psychology of things and, and how it affects you and and 
you know, I think that's something that a lot of um, Filipino parents don't mm -hmm. definitely don't realize in, yeah. in the way you're you're limiting your child, you know, affects them into adulthood. Yeah, I, I don't think Filipino parents... I, I okay, not all Filipino parents because shout out to my cousin, my Tita Joy, she is an amazing, amazing mother. But I don't think all Filipino American parents I don't think they realize how toxic they are and how it any the things that they do and how they raise their kids will ultimately affect them and is the reason why so many of us are gonna end up in therapy. You know, in regards to raising children Mm -hmm. um, in this day and age, you know, my sister, she has um, she has a daughter and that's my bub with bub. Like she's a very like very outgoing, very expressive young girl. You know, I always think like if she grew up in a more traditional Filipino family, mm -hmm. or maybe like an old school style Filipino family. Who knows how much, um, you know, limitation they'd put on her yeah. for being herself. And like, I would hate to see that in her because for one, you know, it's such a, a character destroyer and, you know, a confidence destroyer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have an opportunity as, you know, Filipino Americans who have lived here, um, you know, all our lives, you know, to, to raise our kids a certain way or raise the next generation a certain way to express themselves and not be scared to be, to be themselves. Yeah. Did you have curfews growing up yeah i had a curfew for sure mm -hmm. my mom was very strict on making sure like we were home at a certain time so even even if we were late say the curfew was 10 o'clock yes and and we so happened to stumble home at like 10 05 you're late yeah and it's just like wait what, what you mean like i was getting out the car opening the the mm -hmm. you know the house door and and now it's 10 05 like mm -hmm. it doesn't mean i was late so yeah i remember you know, like she'd be very, very strict about that. Mm -hmm. And, and that, you know, honestly, like if we were late one time, that would affect the next time we'd, we'd ask to go mm -hmm. out. It would probably be a no, because it's like, like, no, because you guys were late. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, you're, you're lying. You're late. It's so like, she expected you. So if your curfew was 10 PM, she wanted you in the house at 10 PM or probably nine fifty. Okay. So that actually reminds me. So I have a younger sister. We're 11 years apart and her curfew is a little earlier. It's like nine. Mm -hmm. um, I remember one time she called me because she was so frustrated. She went out with her boyfriend and her curfew was 9 p.m. And she got home at like 8.50 um, or 8.55. She was on time. She wasn't late. But I remember she called me because our dad basically yelled at her and chewed her out because she was quote-unquote late and she said my curfew's nine i'm home at 8 55 what's the big deal mm -hmm. and my dad told her like no you have to be home at eight o'clock what are you doing you could st be studying and even though he told her nine he told her nine but he was <laughs> expecting her to be home way before yeah. nine so my mm. sister didn't do anything wrong and the fact that my dad it wasn't also it wasn't a school night it was a saturday and she was home on time she was home before nine like that's good enough and if you wanted her to be home at 8 30 you so should have said your curfew is 8 30 yeah see that's some fucked up shit. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, okay, just be clear and direct about what you want. You know, don't yes. tell me one thing and then expect another because then that's going to be, you know, that's going to create a barrier in your relationship. Yes. You know, the kids, the kids going to act out. Teenagers, we all been teenagers. Yes. We're going to act out. You know, when we're when we're unhappy, we're unhappy. Yes. And also, too, things are confusing in your head. 
it's confusing about growing up mm-hmm. and confusing trying to trying to have a, a relationship with your parents yeah you know like that's that's something that i don't understand man like as a kid growing up too you know it's like why can't you just trust me for once mm-hmm. you know because i think too in terms of of expectations that filipino parents have on you is is you want your kids to be good be obedient yes. but at the same time you can't force that so you have to trust that you're teaching your kids right yeah you know you're t- you have to trust that you're doing a good job as a parent to raise your kids to act um you know act in, in the best way possible to be great adults great individuals in this world and i think when the people who are the hardest on their kids i feel like that's something internal you mm-hmm. know that's a personal problem mm-hmm. where it's like you don't trust the way you're parenting yeah that's, that's where the shit really resides you know and you can't you can't take it out on the kid yeah because you're doing a fucking shitty ass job yeah damn did you have sleepovers growing up no i people slept over our house but i could never sleep over someone else's house yeah same with sleepovers and all that stuff so as a teen our household got way way more strict than as a kid um because now i was i got friends and i wanted to hang out with them but i wasn't allowed to do anything and my mom's Hmm. biggest fear or one of our biggest fears is teen pregnancy um because she is afraid that either myself or my younger sister would get pregnant young and essentially ruin their entire lives and not be able to finish school and you know our life is over my mom's not a teen pregnant i mean my mom wasn't pregnant as a teen so i I don't know where that the the fear came from i thought you meant you having a kid at a teen would ruin your parents lives i thought that's what you meant oh no like if I were to be a teen mom, okay. my life would essentially be ruined. And yes, it would be hard, but that didn't mean I couldn't have finished school or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I think, and I also, I started my period when I was 11 going on 12. So I think also my mom's head, oh, this girl could get pregnant now. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. But also my parents did raise me to be very obedient. So I was a very good kid. And I never really asked to go anywhere on occasion to sleep over at my two best friends house. Um, I also wasn't one to sneak out of the house. I never got in trouble at school. Like Mm -hmm. there was no reason for any teacher or administration or the principal to call home and say, hey, Carla's acting out. Yeah. You know, I rarely got trouble. And I remember one time I was allowed to work. I was allowed to work on a group project at Barnes and Noble. Um, I went to school in Tracy, which is a small city up in Northern California. And so if you're familiar with the Tracy mall, if you don't, then so there's a Barnes and Noble attached to the Tracy mall. I believe now it's like a Dick's sporting good, but the Barnes and Noble is attached to the Tracy mall. And then on the other side of the Tracy mall is a target. It's all connected. And my dad dropped me off at Barnes and Noble. He walked in with me to make sure I was safe. And I had two classmates I was working it on, working the project with, and it's this girl Kanani and a guy named Paul. Paul was there first. And I remember my dad kind of pulling me off to the side and being concerned and assuming that I was there to meet a boy. <laughs> I'm like, no, I told you it's a group project. <laughs> like, 
why would I lie yeah, about? It, it's it crazy. Just, his head went there already. Yeah, he's wet. Like he saw a boy <laughs> and me go up to them. And you know what was crazy? I remember thinking, oh my gosh, please both of them be there at the mm. same time or at least Kanani first. But no, Paul had to fucking be there first. Yeah. Um, and You're then, already prepping yourself for a situation that could happen. Yeah. And uh, it was. And then so uh, the three of us are there at Barnes & Noble work, working on this. Uh, project together and we decide or they decide oh we should go to target and get some poster board and i remember my dad specifically telling me do not leave barnes and noble and i froze and i got so scared and i didn't want to be the loser and be like no you guys go ahead my dad said no we can't go anywhere i have to stay in barnes and noble so i decided to do the right thing and be responsible and call my dad and say hey dad i'm going to target with my classmates we're gonna be 10 minutes we're just gonna walk through the mall and Mm -hmm. get poster board at target we'll be back at barnes and noble we're not going anywhere else just that and so i did it and then i was nervous the entire time (laughs) i was so scared and i don't think that's the right mindset like looking back that is so toxic to think i'm getting in trouble to go to walking across the mall it wasn't like i was jumping in either their cars and driving across the city to the michaels yeah now as an adult like listening to stories like this Mm -hmm. it sounds so stupid yeah it sounds so pointless and i don't know i'm I'm happy i'm not a teenager anymore having to stress over some bullshit like Mm -hmm. that but did your parents ever say some crazy shit too to you growing up i'm sure they said a lot of crazy shit you know it's just stuff i didn't want to remember or didn't have to remember. Yeah. But I do remember one time my father made a comment. And this mm-hmm. is one of the stupidest comments I've ever heard in my fucking life. <laughs> okay. So he was like, he was like, no woman, uh, no woman ever enjoys sex. And I was probably like, you know, 15 or something at the time. And he was like, no woman ever enjoys sex. Not even like a prostitute or like a stripper or something like that. Some sex worker okay. term. So I was thinking like, why are you telling me this? Is this to deter me from having sex? Mm-hmm. You know? And then I was also thinking like, okay, like you do know that you got my mom pregnant and she had four kids. Right. So, um, are you telling me like every time you had sex with my mom, she didn't like it. So you're hurting her. Oh, you know, like what, what, what the fuck are you trying to tell yeah. me? Yeah. Wait, question. How did that no women enjoy sex? How did that come to be? Were you just at IHOP and he said it? <laughs> I, I don't know how it came to be, uh, but I do remember one time this could have been around the same time mm-hmm. he made the comment. But I remember one time, you know, my my cousin, she had uh, she got pregnant. And she was a teenager mm-hmm. and she was probably like 17 or 18. And you know, I remember going to going to their house and and her dad like hugged her and was like, oh, you know, like my 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 baby's having a baby, you know, and I thought that was so cute. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's it's hard to have a kid young, you know, because you're mm-hmm. not prepared or, you know, your finances aren't nearly close to, to right to raising a child. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as long as you have like a supportive family around you and and the people who truly love you are 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 going to support you. That's all that matters. You know, yeah. the last thing a young teen who's who's pregnant needs is someone yelling at them telling them they did wrong yeah you know and and that's something that is crazy to me you know you're you're young with no experience you know and you must feel like so alone and helpless so mm-hmm. so you know that that came around the time with that comment and i was just like you're fucking dumb dude i do think it's really cool that your cousin's filipino parents were mm-hmm. so supportive of her 
despite being a teen mom because i don't think that's seen a lot in the filipino american community mm-hmm. like i said my mom's fear was us getting pregnant and she always said if you get pregnant you are kicked out of this house it reminds me so one of my cousins she got pregnant young um and i think she was i think she was 17 or 18 and she didn't tell her parents for like six months so she was hiding a pregnancy for months and it came out and i remember my the baby (laughs) (laughs) no the news came out and i remember i remember when the news broke out my mom told me that you know your cousin's pregnant and she was hiding the baby from her parents for six months and i was like what that's so crazy and my mom was just she brought it back she brought it back home and was like see don't get pregnant don't get pregnant i don't know it's just scaring your kids into not having sex and not having these grown-up conversations with them and just assuming and just telling them don't have sex don't have sex don't have sex well they're who's gonna teach them about sex and then yeah. th- shit like this happens yeah yeah completely agree with you mm-hmm. so you know with my father making this comment about you know women not enjoying sex mm-hmm. you know it wasn't oh it wasn't it might have been like a tactic in his eyes in his eyes to be like don't have sex you're gonna get pregnant Mm -hmm. but no it didn't even like at the time i wasn't even thinking about sex i wasn't one of those kids who are like oh i can't wait to fuck you know (laughs) (laughs) but you know the only thing that stuck in my mind was like damn you're such a dick for saying this kind of comment Mm -hmm. you know this is first off you're a man you shouldn't be talking about women um women's sexually you know and and their sexual wants and just women as sexual beings and also like you're sexualizing your child yeah now why are you thinking about me having sex right now you know um goes back to you raise you raise your kids right and you trust just the way you trust the way you raise your kids yeah and obviously you didn't trust the way you raised Mm -hmm. me so that's on you yeah and the way when your your dad said that no woman ever enjoys sex it's like as if sex exists only to please men Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's kind of narcissistic it is it's disgusting gross (laughs) yeah there's there's definitely different ways to really educate and teach your kid and just by yelling at them and saying no 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 that's not the way to do it yeah you're not teaching them and you're not and you and you definitely aren't stopping them from doing what you don't want them to do exactly if anything you saying no is gonna make them want to do it because especially if you don't say why you know if you're just say don't have sex you'll get pregnant but (laughs) like they they might also be curious like oh why is it so bad and then you do it and you realize it's kind of (laughs) fun you know what i mean i don't know do you have fun I have a lot of fun. Girl, me too. Okay. <laughs> um, speaking of not of like fun, fun, but like not having fun. Have you ever sat at the kitchen table and cried while your father is helping you do math? No. Okay. You know, contrary to a lot of like, like Asian families, Filipino families mm-hmm. getting good grades. You know, that was something that was pushed in, in my household. But mm. at the same time, it wasn't hella strict. Gotcha. You know, like if you like I got B's and C's. I was smart, but I just didn't apply myself. Mm. I think that was more so that got me in trouble. Like 
I wanted to go play ball or like go do something else that wasn't studying. That's what got me in trouble for the most part. Gotcha. Yeah. Because getting good grades is another expectation as a teen um, or like as kids in school grade, school grade, grade school, grade school, grade school. <laughs> wow. Okay. Same shit. Same shit. Um, clearly we could see how well I did in school. <laughs> okay. But no, seriously, in high school, I wasn't too academically sound i took ap classes i had some honor classes here and there um i wasn't failing every class but i also wasn't getting straight a's and there's just this ongoing asian meme about the asian f so anything that's not an a is an f and my parents so they attributed good grades to being a good kid and i remember they used to always compare me to my cousin i'm gonna call her nancy because i didn't tell her about saying this episode or talking about the story (laughs) so my cousin nancy um they always compared me to her because she always had straight A's. And I'm pretty sure, you know, they would go over to my aunt and uncle's house. They'd be like, oh, Nancy, she, you know, she got straight A's. She, she's on the dean's list, got all these awards. You know, that's great for my cousin. And my parents were probably had Nobody nothing. Nobody cares. <laughs> my parents probably had nothing to say. They were probably like, oh, Carla came home. <laughs> <laughs> Carla came home today. She came home today. That's, that's an A it. for me. <laughs> You know, but they always they were always telling me, oh, you have to be like Nancy. She gets straight A's. She's such a good thing. But little did they know my cousin Nancy was I mean, she wasn't a bad kid, but she was also one to sneak out of the house. She always had secret boyfriends. Mm. She was always getting into some catty drama with girls at school always getting in some kind of trouble i remember one time she went off on like a weekend with her friends and probably her secret boyfriend she didn't say she didn't say anything or maybe she did say something but then she stopped responding to her texts and so her parents were so worried and her grandma who lived with them was so worried about my cousin being gone because she wasn't responding to texts or anything. They just didn't know where she was that her grandma had like a heart attack or just had <sighs> high blood pressure. The ambulance like she came home to the ambulance. Oh, my God. Because she, her grandma was so stressed and so worried that something could have happened. And this is a girl that was, quote unquote, the good girl that my parents deemed her to be <laughs> only because she got straight A's. I wasn't one to sneak out of the house or anything like like that but here i was a bad kid and a disappointment because i didn't get straight a's in school and fuck <laughs> i'll never forget that that's crazy man yeah. i i don't know how you could bounce back from that i mean not the grandma but you know <laughs> like I, she's fine <laughs> she's okay <laughs> i meant like the the kid you know okay. finding out that you sneak snuck out the house worried everybody grandma went to the hospital and and now she's you know i mean she's great now like she <laughs> she's uh about to be a she's in med school she's a kid you know, she's <laughs> You're talking about to, the grandma oh, no my cousin my cousin like my cousin bounced back okay like okay. she's not a bad kid she just did like a very teenager things yeah. you yeah. know I, I would say more so like bounce back like like damn girl you ran away Essentially, you're not telling people. Mm-hmm. And then you you had Lola, you know, in the hospital because her blood blood pressure spiked up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's guilt right there. Right? Yeah. You know? I feel you. Uh, you know, one thing that annoys me about, you know, families being so strict on grades and shit mm-hmm. is like, 
you can be the smartest person in the room, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be the most moral, ethical, mm-hmm. compassionate, loving person in the room. All it proves is you can, your brain is a certain level of intelligence where you can solve problems mm-hmm. or you think a certain way. And that's great. But at the same time, you know, I feel like like Filipino parents lose sight of of the good in it all. Yeah. You know, yes, you're going to look great on paper to the best schools, um, you know, the best employers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, how good are you as a person? Yeah. You know, you know in my experience dealing with people, the, the smartest people aren't the most like street smart. Yeah. They're kind of dumb. They're kind of they kind of make poor choices. They're not the nicest people. Mm-hmm. And that's not the type of people that I want around me. I want good wholehearted people yeah. you know, who are gonna love love you support you and all that and and grades don't indicate that you know and it's typical for immigrant filipino parents to expect a lot from their kids you know go be just be good go to college get a good job and it you know it does make sense because a lot of our parents um immigrate to the u.s and they sacrifice so so much to get out here and they don't want all their hard work to go down the drain but also, what do you expect if you bring your child to the land of opportunities and they're exposed to way more options than they could have than in the Philippines? Mm-hmm. And so why should Filipino parents only expect their kids to become a nurse or only become an engineer when mm-hmm. they have, you know, thousands of other opportunities to be other things other than Whatever that? Whatever they want to be. Yeah. So, Jazz... Uh, what did your parents say to you when you told them you wanted to be in the entertainment field? Yeah, so my so when I started college, I didn't immediately jump into the entertainment industry or a major that was entertainment based. Mm-hmm. So um, I was actually studying criminal justice, okay. and I wanted to be a cop. I wanted, I, you know, I was thinking about joining the military as well, and. You know, in my later years in college, I decided that I was going to switch it up because, you know, I started um, like interning and seeing other opportunities in the industry mm-hmm. and, you know, working that behind the scenes and being in the creative space was something that I, that I really, really enjoyed. I knew I could hang with the best of them. You know, yeah. it's a hard industry to, to be in and there's not a lot of representation, mm-hmm. um, you know, in women or, or just women of color, you know, and I rarely saw Filipinos. Mm-hmm. So I saw a space in this industry that I could create for myself. And you know, one thing um, when I moved from San Francisco to LA that I always love and I always said say to people is I always wanted to come back with a story. Okay. You know, that's why I wanted to to leave because you know, everybody you grow up with has the same damn story. Mm-hmm. You know, like and they, they they live where they grew up. Whereas, you know, living in LA and coming back home, I could share with people what I did. Yeah. Maybe inspire people to like bounce and move somewhere else or start yeah. another career. I would still be told, apply for this government job. You know, it's stable, it pays mm-hmm. well. Uh, you should consider it has benefits and you know, here and there, but it wasn't forced upon me to to say, hey, you know, stop working in the industry. Gotcha. Um, you know, it's like, say, for example, my mom, she worked for the Postal Service mm-hmm. and she built a great, successful career for herself, you know. So I knew the side of it where you will get the benefits and get, yeah. you know, um, the, the stability. Um, but, you know, I also believe that she was proud of me for creating my own, you know, pathway and journey of, of my own career and kind of figuring things out, you know. And I think that was really cool because she wasn't forcing me to stick to the typical route of 
a Filipino career, you know, mm-hmm. like the nurse. Like I, I honestly, every time I heard people say, oh, you should be a nurse, you should be a nurse. I got so annoyed. It's like, shut the fuck up about this nurse shit. Like, I'm not going to be a nurse. Yeah. And it's not because I don't think I can't do it. Um, I just don't want it. Yeah. You know, and you can't force me. And I think that's something as a kid, I also was kind of rebellious because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be forced and and put into this box of what you wanted me to be. So Mm -hmm. you weren't getting that and you knew it. Yeah. I think that's really awesome that your parents never pushed you into wanting to become, pushed you into a career that was not yours. Like you said, it's not like you couldn't be a nurse but it's just that you didn't want to and as something as becoming a nurse you gotta want that shit Mm -hmm. you know my mom's a nurse but she legitimately loves being a nurse it's you know not something that she wanted to do because she was forced to or anything but she legitimately loves her job she loves her patients she loves taking care of people and that's the type of nurse i want Mm -hmm. you know you don't want someone who was just forced into it because their filipino parents told them to and you didn't have the balls to stand up for yourself you know and so with your mom you're saying your mom's mm -hmm. a nurse like you know and she's a great nurse at that did she force you or not force you but did she ever ask you like or expect you to become a nurse oh girl i feel like i could have a whole episode by (laughs) myself about this because let me tell you so like i said i grew up obedient as fuck i was a good kid always and i always listened to my parents but there came a time about when i was like maybe 15 16 when i realized my parents flaws Mm. and how toxic and kind of fucked up they are i mean love my parents love them um but just the way they were raising me just wasn't the way they were treating me just wasn't it wasn't a very nice it it i didn't feel loved or I felt ever supported. So I grew up doing musical theater. My first play ever musical was in the third grade. I played the bunny in Snow White. I had like two lines. One of them was, I can't believe my ears. (laughs) And I grew up doing it. I loved the arts. I loved to draw. I loved to write and just to be creative. And it was- You can draw? Oh, I used to draw anime. When I lived lived in um, Japan, I learned how to draw anime because everyone was drawing, drawing it. And so I kind of picked it up. It's I'm not that good, to be honest, but I could do a little (laughs) some some. But uh, because I was someone who grew up to be obedient, to be demure, to be a wallflower and to not be loud, I could be loud through art. Mm. And that's why being creative is one of the most utmost important things to me. Um, And I wanted to become a Disney Channel actress. I wanted to be, you know, as big as Hilary Duff, as big as Raven Simone, and, you know, have my own TV show. And I wanted to be an actress so bad i started you know i learned how to i I research how to become an actress you know i knew i needed to take classes get some headshots down and um, i did such extensive research but my parents were definitely not supportive of that they did not want me to become an actress me doing theater on the side of musical theater was just something like as a hobby but when it came to me wanting to pursue it full time as a career that was something they weren't supportive of at all and I remember when my dad, we, my dad and I would be in the car, we would drive around. And whenever we would see a homeless person, he would say, 
that is a failed actor. That is someone who tried to be an actress but failed. And so it it was wild. And <laughs> that's you, crazy. Yeah, and you know what's <laughs> what's also crazy is when my dad would say that, I knew he was being like so irrational, just kind of just kind of dumb because in school I learned that a lot of the homeless people are actually veterans. And at the time, my dad had already retired from the Air Force. And in my head, I wanted so bad to just be like, Dad, you're wrong. That That's probably a veteran. That could have been you, Dad. Dude, that's crazy. I, I bet you if you did say that, you would get a lot of shit back. Be yeah. like, don't, don't you say that. Don't talk back. Or what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. When it's the facts. Like, you know, veterans are, a lot of veterans do end up being homeless mm-hmm. and forgotten about. Continuing on, like I went to college and I was a radio TV film major. And I do have a story that kind of shed some extra light to how unsupportive my parents were. Mm-hmm. So I... After high school, I didn't go straight to university. I went to a two-year um, community college. And for that spring semester, my last semester um, at community college, I had one most outstanding student for the entire radio television um, department. And we had this huge award show for all the outstanding students of each department to receive their awards. I wanted to do film. I wanted to become a screenwriter and I worked so hard and I was so enthusiastic about being in this in this program, in this department and, mm-hmm. you know, putting in so many hours to make the best short films I could. And the fact that I had gotten this out of all the students in the department, me a Filipino American immigrant had gotten this award. You know, my teacher could have picked anybody, but he chose me. And it was also really precious and special to me because looking back on it, I think that's, I think it's beautiful because it could have been any other white guy up there, but it was me. And the fact that it's me, a Filipino American, a woman of color, an immigrant meant so much to me. And my parents were late to the ceremony, so they didn't get to see me get my award and hear this wonderful speech that my teacher Mm -hmm. had made about me, about how much I grew since semester one. And and I sometimes think if I had gotten most outstanding student for the science department or the math department, would they have been there on time? I think it's really dope that you're still able to have a lot of achievements, you know, Mm -hmm. not only in your education, but in 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 your career as well because you know of course you want the support of your parents but at the end of the day if 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 people aren't going to support you Mm -hmm. it it shouldn't hold you back from achieving yeah or or going for your your dreams yeah i remember one time when i was in film school i told myself if i ever win an oscar my parents would not get a thank you the (laughs) first thank you would go to my professor mr william story Mm -hmm. who believed in me wholeheartedly and told me he never once said, oh, I don't know if you could do that. He said, why not? Why can't you do that? Just do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. And for the first time in my life, you know, respected adult told me that I could be a filmmaker. So in my senior year, uh, I had a a showcase, like a, a film showcase mm-hmm. as well. Um, so this was in college. And, you know, I was going to school in L.A. 
So I told my parents about it. And so my parents actually made a trip down from San Francisco to come down to L.A. for the day. It mm-hmm. wasn't even a day, they said. And then they rented out a hotel in L.A. just just for them to make it in time to watch my project, you know, be a part of this showcase. And it was really important for me to uh, for them to come down because you know I was going to school in LA and, and they didn't know what I was doing my day to day they just they just heard what I was doing so it was if they hadn't come you know I, I definitely would have been really sad yeah because it's also I didn't need their their praise or anything like that but it was important for me that they see how I, uh, you know, I'm impacting the people around me mm-hmm. and how I'm playing my own part in the people around me mm-hmm. and, and making my own way out here. And, you know, as soon as like my film ended and people like clapped mm-hmm. and, you know, like cheered or whatever because they really liked it, you know, I it wasn't about the people's. It was more so like my parents seeing that, yeah. you know, and and I thought that was a special moment for sure that I'll always be grateful for that mm-hmm. they came down and took time off work just to to see me do my thing. Yeah. That's really nice that your parents legit yeah took the time off and drove they from took a San- <laughs> Oh, just kidding. Okay. But they had to purchase the plane plane purchase the plane tickets and come down to LA to see this senior showcase. My parents couldn't even be on time after driving 30 minutes to my school to campus. School, yeah. yeah. You know, that's one thing about my parents growing up like they uh, they allow their kids to be involved in, in hella extracurricular mm-hmm. activities. So whether it be like, um, you know, sports, piano, mm-hmm. um, karate classes, yeah. you know, and now, you know, this film, um, this film project, you know, this film showcase, they were they definitely made it a, a priority to show up to and support us. Yeah, that's really good. That's awesome. That's so beautiful. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> but I'm also I'm a little jealous, but I'm also not because mm-hmm my parents not supporting me was total fuel for me to like soar with flying vibrant boss ass bitch colors because them not supporting me and just talking mad shit about what I do Mm. just kept me going and just kept me pushing forward and it still pushes me forward to Mm. this day despite being obedient like I was not going to be compliant about this one thing it was my own ultimate form of rebellion of just breaking out of these the the shackles that my parents had me on Mm -hmm. and taking control of my life and doing something I wanted to be because for a good kid who wasn't underage drinking who wasn't getting into drugs who wasn't sneaking out I wanted this was the one thing I wanted the one thing I wanted was support for becoming an actress or just getting into the entertainment field and that was something my parents couldn't even do Hmm. but yeah so another expectation I guess within the realm of adulthood is marriage and kids yeah in Filipino culture you know, family is very, very important. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely high in the priority list. And adding a significant other into the picture is a really big thing. It's actually, I would say it's a huge milestone mm-hmm. um, in somebody's life. Yeah. And Filipino parents tend to put their input of preferences when it comes to their child's dating life. Oh, we would prefer you to date someone who is an engineer or, <laughs> who, you know, who's this or that. Mm-hmm. It's like. Let your child live. Let them pick. Yeah. See, in my family, I don't think that they expected me to marry a Filipino, mm-hmm. but it was preferred. Gotcha. Because, you know, 
it would be easier um, to for the families to combine because you know you're familiar with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, also, growing up Catholic, you know a lot of Filipinos are Catholic. Um, you know, say if you had a if you say I'm Catholic, well I grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to be or marry someone who was I don't know Jewish. Like they have their practices, Catholic has their practices, mm-hmm. and it could clash. You know, and it's like, how are you going to raise your kids? You're going to raise yeah. them Catholic. You're going to raise them Jewish. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I'm, you know, like you're a kid. You're not going to be thinking about like, dang, I should really avoid you because you're not Catholic. You know, like, <laughs> how are we going to baptize our kids? <laughs> you know, that's that's not going to make any sense. Also, like, you're you're not going to think be thinking about having kids. You know, you're you're thinking about what what passing the math test you know mm-hmm. and and so like in my in my personal relationships um in my serious relationships i've only dated one filipino so you know it didn't deter me from wanting to date people in other ethnicities other cultures it actually you know intrigued me because it was, it was something different and you know i could i could not only learn about this person but mm-hmm. i could learn about their families you know and see like our commonalities you know because i don't think like just because you're filipino i'm always gonna vibe with you mm-hmm. like it, it's about the person you know yeah. like you could be with any background as long as we get along um, you know, you coincide with my life and, and we vibe like that, then it is what it is. I'm not going to avoid you just because you're not just because you're not Filipino. Like, yeah. I was never with that. Yeah. I remember my grandma telling me to marry a Filipino man because my dad will have a companion. And I thought that, I always thought that was funny, but it goes hand in hand with what you're saying about the families blending in because if you marry a person you're marrying into their family too and that bodes well bodes true for a lot of filipino families both my mom's side and my dad's side are close to each other Mm. my cousins on both sides they're friends with each other Mm. you know and i think that's really cool i love having a huge fun family like that where everyone gets along and you know yeah, it's just it's just really cool. So I I totally get it, but I think it's just funny because whenever my grandma would say, "Oh, so your dad will have a companion," I just just thought about my dad gardening in the backyard with another man, <laughs> his buddy. So my parents they have these family friends. Honestly, I think they're related to us somehow. We have a big ass family. Every time I go to a, another family party, I meet another godmother cousin or something. But so. They they're they come over to my parents' house often, and sometimes they spend the night. And so I remember when I, if I would come home and they were there, like if I'm visiting my parents, come home, they would they'd be there. They would always ask me. The guy would always ask me. Um, Tito would always ask me. Oh, Carla, when are you gonna have the long table? And a long table means kids, a family. Okay. And. I was always, I'd respond and be like, well, I'm concentrating on my career right now. I'm also single, mm-hmm. you know, and I just don't feel comfortable bringing children into this world right now at, you know, where I am in life as a responsible adult, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember him replying saying, oh, well, if you don't have kids now, if you have kids at a later life, your kids are going to be mentally retarded and have a lot of health issues. And he's a doctor, so he's not necessarily wrong, but just the fact that that's how you would respond mm-hmm. as if you're shaming me or guilting me into having kids now because Otherwise, they're not going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, 
first of all, mind your business. Get and I. It's not like I could be like, mind your damn business, sir. I had to respect my elders and say like, oh, haha, yeah, I get it, and then yeah. walk away. See, that's that's so fucking out of pocket. Because first off, you never talk to a woman whether they're you know thirty. Or 15, you know, you never talk to a woman about this, especially mm-hmm. someone you don't personally know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like randomly seeing you at, you know, on a Tuesday and bringing it up when you just walk into the room or whatever. Yeah. It's like it's it's out of pocket, you mm-hmm. know, and it's 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 like know your boundaries, dude. You know, um, it's you never know someone's background or struggle, um, you know, even if they were in a relationship and, and been together with someone for a couple of years and, and wondering why they don't have kids. It, it's just not your place to be asking that kind of question. And, mm-hmm. you know, just because it's some, it's like, it might be his goal or his, his way of seeing like, okay, now in life you should have a child. Now it doesn't mean it's everybody's goal, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that was just inappropriate to ask. Like, I think too, like Filipinos, like they have no no filter sometimes, you know. Oh, that yeah. I, I remember there be times where I've heard someone say like, "Oh, they'll say it in like like Bisaya, right? Mm-hmm. They'll be like, oh, 'Oh, they're so and so's like they got fat,' you know, like, and mm-hmm. and it's just like." Why does it matter if they gain some weight, you yeah. know? Who knows? Like, maybe they have taken medication they're gaining weight. Or maybe they just, like, you know, packing little pounds in the winter. You know, it's it's still none of your business. Yeah. You know, and it's very, very rude. My parents, they never defended me. And this has happened more than once where they've asked me, when am I going to have kids? Like, instead of telling him, oh, mind your business. Or, oh, you know, Carla's concentrated on her career right now. Or, you know, she's just... You know, she doesn't want them want kids right now. Instead of just defending me and just being like, hey, like boundaries, um, they never said anything. And it could have been because they probably didn't want to stir the pots, you know, and be disrespectful or they didn't want to defend me because so the these um these people they're significantly not that much older than my parents they're probably older than my parents by like 15 to 20 years Mm -hmm. um so they probably didn't want to defend me because it would be seen as talking back you know so it kind of brings it full circle where my parents were probably taught to be obedient kids and it trickled into the adulthood and it's now affecting their kids. So instead of defending me and saying, hey, sir, boundaries or, you know, oh, leave her alone about that stuff. They just let it happen and laugh it off and join in on the joke of, you know, things like that. So I don't know. It's just it's fucked up. Damn, that's some wild shit. It is wild shit. I don't know. I'm just like, I have no words, and honestly, I think the episode's over. I think we we <laughs> kind of brought it full circle because we started the episode talking about being obedient, and that's an expectation, and being demure, and now how my parents didn't defend me, and maybe it's because they didn't want to be disrespectful and are falling back and succumbing back to what they were taught as kids by being demure, not talking back yeah. to these people. So, I don't know. You gotta break that cycle, man. Gotta break that cycle. And this is why we have these conversations and all that stuff. And now we're gonna break the cycle. So, with you all, you know, share with us, what were your expectations growing up? Do you share the same expectations we had? 
Let us know your thoughts. And you can tell us all about it on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Cracking the Coconut, as well as TikTok and Twitter at Cracking the Cocoa. Yes. And you could also follow our website. It's uh, crackingthecoconut.com. Be sure to check it out. We also mm-hmm. have our feed there that has uh, all of our episodes that we've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wraps it up. So uh, we're going to wrap it up there, son. Wrap it up there. Son. <laughs> wrap it up there, son. <laughs> okay. Catch y'all next time. See ya. Peace. Peace.